In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. But obviously, being a, a mini series, they're able to include more, you know, add in some things that mm-hmm. help that help make it make sense. And I like what they do at the very beginning. There's this whole like opening expositional thing where he, the it's Johnny Lee Miller narrating, and they go through and they talk about how Emma was born to this wealthy family, and it had nothing to to bother her. And then her mother died, and her dad decided to keep her and her sister would never let them out of his sight again. But Jane Fairfax and Frank, uh, Frank, well, they didn't, they didn't call him Frank Churchill at the time because he was still Frank. Because he marries into it. Yeah. No, he, <laughs> what's the dude's last name? Oh, my word. The guy who's Frank Churchill's dad. What yeah, is his him. name? Him. You don't know? It's been, look, I, I like Mr. it, but not. something. Anyway. I like it, but not well I enough to care. I can't believe I'm <laughs> blanking on that dude's name, on the character's name. Anyway. You know, they weren't so lucky because both of them, you know, were in the same similar circumstances. Right. So it starts off by make by making the connection between those three characters, between right. Emma, Frank, and Jane. Right. And then it splits off. And then you so it makes so it helps it make more sense sure. why Frank and Jane getting together is a big deal secretly, like why him flirting with Emma is a big deal, right. you know, like why that's expected, all this kind of stuff. It's gonna kill me to, to not think of that guy's name. Anyway. We'll be two hours. Weston. We'll be two hours into this, and you'll be like, Weston, Weston, yeah. Jeremy will be preaching on Sunday, and she'll be like, Weston. <laughs> and I'll say, she'll, she'll come forward. Yeah, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. So yeah, there's a, there's a big discussion in my house. Um, I don't mind the truncated pride and prejudice. Mm-hmm. It's, listen, Get I don't mind it. I'm not, I'm just saying, I don't mind immediately. it. Immediately. It is not perfect. Hey, there's something to be said about cliff notes. There's something to be said about... <laughs> And, and that is a Cliff Notes a, version. A two-hour version versus six and a half hours yeah. Yeah. of... It's, no. it's broken up into episodes. You have to watch it all at once. So I don't mind <laughs> the truncated version. explain to me, then, mm. sir, mm. how it is that Lady Catherine, who lives 50 miles away, can somehow have, have heard about... Jane's and Binley's engagement and traveled to Longbourn uh, in the space te- of 12 hours. Telephone? Obviously. <laughs> somebody and, and, somebody and, texted and somebody her. And somebody with a strict <laughs> sense of propriety would show up in the middle of the night at someone's house I'm to not her. saying it is. I'm not saying it is perfect. That is the best way to fit the, those things in. I'm, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying there are things about it that I like when and I, I don't when hate it. When I saw it. that, I was like, is, this is really how they're going to fit this all together? Oh my word. <laughs> Rihanna took a, I'm sorry. Meredith took a, uh, oh. a permanent mark and was like, this on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and Red's over here with like a, a Clorox yeah. wipe trying to get it off there. She's, she's, she's doing the, the, she's doing the, the, th- the meme about yeah. the, the yeah. papers on the wall. Yeah. The she's like, yeah. And here's the other thing. Last thing I'm going to say about that version. So lots of stuff, like all, like, so you have all these things where you're like, well, we had to squash in all these important yes. story points. Well, maybe the reason you had to squash those in is because you spent 10 minutes watching Elizabeth spin around in the swing. You spent 10 minutes sure. focusing on her face going, I think sure. it was six minutes. Shut it. <laughs> um, when, it, you know, like, after she reads Darcy's letter and she sits there going so, at her so. dressing table for half an hour, I'm like, if you hadn't spent so long on that, you would have been able to get all the important story points in in a less ridiculous fashion. The moral of the story is let Meredith direct all the new ones. <laughs> she will do a wonderful job. I will job. adapt all is the it, Jane is, is that, is that the Kira Knightley one? Yes. yes. Okay. It's not... Great. It's not bad. It's got some things about it that are pretty good. Don't mind her. She's getting into character. <laughs> yes, I'm getting ready to go into a rage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you a hand flex. There, yeah, exactly. There are like two. Or, there are like two or three things in that movie that are that are solid, and the rest it's like why. And and I will say the things that are the, that are really good about it uh, mm-hmm. are about some of the visuals mm-hmm. that I think. As much as the original, the, the long six hour one kind of tried to handle a lot of things, it is not super pretty. Well, wait, hang on. So the version in which muddy pigs are walking through the house is prettier than the one in which the Longborn family is what they really would have been, just kind of a nice middle class family. That's one scene, Meredith. That's one scene. That is the tone of the whole book. <laughs> All the girls are walking around with their hair flying everywhere. Their clothes are rumpled. They just, everything is dark and dingy all the stinking time. That one's prettier. It's 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 a more visually striking film. <laughs> it struck the, Jeremy. It it feels less BBC. <laughs> it also feels less Austin, but whatever. 
And on that note, we'll get started. <laughs> Who's one to, who wants to tell a story? <laughs> I do! Who wants to tell a different story? <laughs> Any different story. <laughs> I'd like to start us off with a review. This oh. is a five-star review by Utility Maximizer. It is comprehensive. Here we go. Okay. I, th- I, thought the, I thought the review was, it is comprehensive. <laughs> I'm going to say that that wow. is a positive thing to say. Yeah, yeah it is. Stack of Dice is a clean, actual play podcast, mostly using D&D 5e, though there are a few one-shots using different systems. I'll summarize how well it does on the things I care about. Okay, yeah, yeah let's hear this, let's hear this review. Yeah, I'm excited. Audio quality. Starts out very good and becomes excellent. There's music from Battle Bards and heavy use of sound effects. The DM and players sometimes speak slower than actual play podcasts to which you might be accustomed and there are sometimes gaps between people speaking that may be longer than you expect. As a result, it sometimes feels a bit slow, especially at the beginning. It's easy enough to increase the playback speed in your podcast app, though this will adversely affect the music. Players. The players are invested in the story and good at role-playing. They don't really have character voices per se, but the character personalities still come out and there's a good mix of male and female. Sometimes those character personalities can be grating or irritating, but real people are like that. The players are focused on what their characters would do and aren't trying to shove maximum jokes into every minute of the show as some other podcasts do. You're going to like Peter, Tira, Bash, and the other characters that move through the story. DM. Red has a good handle on the story, does a great job improvising in response to unpredictable player actions, and has created a consistent campaign world. They don't quite stick to rules as written, particularly at the beginning. That's my fault. But they do get better about adhering to the rules with time. The DM is thoughtful and patient and good at keeping things on track. He does an excellent job managing a lot of NPCs, each with their own personalities and objectives. Clean or explicit. There's no swearing, but there is violence that is sometimes graphic. One player character frequently sheds his clothing. What could he mean? (laughs) But it's played for humor rather than for anything salacious. There is some scatological humor. Most families will find this podcast to be family-friendly, especially in comparison to other actual play podcasts. Story and setting. The story is a standard, big bad evil guy wants to take over the world affair, but even if it's not unconventional, it is well told and clear. You're never confused about what is happening or what goal the PCs are trying to accomplish. Well, that may be true for some listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the players sometimes, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, The campaign setting has diverse cultures, and it's clear the DM has put effort into developing them and making them different from each other. The players are given some ability to add to each culture as well. There are many actual play podcasts out there, and this is easily better than 95% of them. I wish all actual play podcast creators put as much thought and effort into their shows as Rhett and his friends and family have put into this one. Oh, yay, man! Yeah, so thank you very much for that great review. I thought it was going to uh, say there are a lot of podcasts out there. This is one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of the actual play podcasts ever yeah. produced. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. We like to see critical takes on our Mm -hmm. podcast and it's helpful for giving people a clear picture of what they're getting into if they decide to listen to us if you have not yet rated and reviewed us please take a moment to do that it's very helpful and helps to get more about our show out there more people listening we have a starting question who is your favorite non-player character and this question comes to us from drake 80 on discord so Mm. take a moment to think jeremy you may be at a bit of disadvantage simply because you've not listened to much or played with us for very long but you've met a couple npcs grief think through five years worth of story (laughs) does thump count as one absolutely i guess he's considered a dm pc a dm run pc Mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna choose him um i was just asking (laughs) i think it's gotta be the one that that tira hates what's his name there's a couple. De- De- yeah, I was going to say. Oh, Dieter. Yeah, down. yeah. Dieter, Dieter Dark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Dieter. What is it you like about him? I've always, first of all, what I like about him most is he's very flamboyant. However, um, he does seem to have some skills to back it up. Mm. Um, and even though he's cheesy and corny <laughs> and. He was actually helpful. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he's, he's not, he's not a charlatan. Yeah. And a great battle cry. Yeah, yes. He, yeah, he's not Gilderoy Rock, Lockhart. Yeah. Rock hard. <laughs> Rock on! <laughs> <sighs> Meredith, let's go with you. Oh, man. Five years of NPCs. Your favorite. Mm, 
So one of the first that came to mind was Fever Few. I just knew because it. we got a big laugh out of the <laughs> library. <laughs> that was like such a running joke for a long time that just cracked us all up so hard. So he had he had like fun beginnings, much much like Dieter. Mm-hmm. He had these kind of fun, frothy beginnings and was just kind of, you know, a romp. But then he he fairly sacrificed himself to help us get away. That was when we were escaping the inn. Yeah. In Vondheide, in a little town called Schaffort. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's Schaffort. He really stood in the gap and let us get out the back door. Mm-hmm. See what you've missed by not listening? <laughs> Dude, you need to start at the beginning. Well, I was thinking we need to start those uh, listen parties again. Just yeah. start. We only got through four episodes. We should just go back to the beginning and yeah. do it. And just, we should just do where we like, even if, even if we literally can't be available to listen, just get it started and yeah. let it go. And just, just do it every week. And if people can listen, they listen. If they don't, they don't. I mean, yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. So given that, Jeremy, I know you've had limited exposure, but... Sure. Uh, uh, I, well, I, I actually, uh, I think that Lunk is a funny character only because he's very small. <laughs> he's a very small character, but he's also a very small brain. But but that doesn't yeah. mean that he doesn't care. And so I think it's neat that you can have these, would, would be easily be a throwaway character who mm-hmm. doesn't really do anything or mean anything. Uh, he he's worried about Papa Nico. Um, he's not super sharp, but mm-hmm. he's loyal, and so he's he's kind of a useful idiot. And I think that's yeah. kind of uh, there are lots of easy to throw away like small characters like that that it would be easy to think, well, they're just a warm body, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they cannot have some depth to them. Yeah, and it's it's fun. It's a challenge to try and keep these characters involved. In the story, because that's what gives them dimension. The, the more exposure you have to them, the more you force me to expose them, the more of their character that comes out. And so by keeping them involved, it's helping to add some dimension to them, I think. If you've not yet followed us on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at stackodice. You can email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. And if you are not yet in our Discord server, we would love to have you drop in there. Uh, I feel like you're missing out. Mm-hmm on some fun conversations and things that we do to discuss game direction, ideas, all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun to play around in there with other stackers. And brand new, we have a coffee site. So if you are interested, if you have maybe a dollar or two left at the end of a a month or something and you want to throw it our way, we will use that money to fold back into the show to help improve it. So if you want to drop a few bucks that way, eventually I'd like to get us to tiered access. Oh, I thought you were going to say tea site. (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe all the teas can be all the tears can be named after your favorite teas. Okay, there you go. Because the Dar- the, the Darjeeling tear, <laughs> the first flush and second flush. Ah. <laughs> uh, so please do drop in, and we will see what we can do to make that an improved experience over time. But again, do not intend to make any of this content hidden behind a paywall. If you feel like throwing a few bones our way, we sure would appreciate it. We don't actually accept bones. Bones are not actually accepted. (laughs) With that, hello stackers. Thank you for joining us around our table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. Jeremy as... well, that depends. At this point, Sekhmet Bloodsick. Bloodsick? I mean, the secret's out now. Yeah, I know. I just... I had never heard the last name. Yeah, you didn't give us a last name before. Interesting. Cool. That sounds frightening. It does. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. Me. I am. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. I suppose that I do owe you an explanation. I may not be the person that you thought I was. This is not a costume. Right around where his wrists are on both sides are very dark black scars. What happened to you? Your friend Thump knows slavery firsthand. I know it firsthand as well. I don't always understand you, but you know what? I like you. I don't care what you look like. I think you've helped us, and so you're my friend. I appreciate that, and uh, and I don't care what you smell like. You're my friend, too. <laughs> now hold on there, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> too far! <laughs>
Has anyone ever seen this eel? He sounds like a phantom. I've heard stories. I have heard descriptions that run the gamut. I heard stories that he is over, he's taller than, uh, taller than Thump here. I've heard stories that he is evil and doesn't even have to walk on the ground. It's difficult to tell the difference between tale and reality. You head out the western gate, and there in the morning sunlight, the early day's warmth greets you as you step outside the city. There is a small group of ship's crew that have built little shelters and tents and things around the bottom of the airship to make sure the curious don't come to do stuff. So they've built like a little protective encampment around mm. the ladder of the airship. And that allows them to get out and do stuff in the city and whatnot. You stand in the shadow of the airship. The ladder dangles down and around the airship. A few temporary shelters have been erected, tents and things like that, that the crew has used to build a site where they can have their feet on the ground for a little bit. And you have just exited the city of Karavi through the west gate in search of I guess Monty, who is the steward on board the ship. Now, because I said early in a previous episode about this, well, I mean, it's, it's as much our ship as any, but that was the first one, wasn't it? He didn't give us this ship. He is not explicitly given okay. you this ship. So correct. she was kind of assuming there. <laughs> well, the first ship belonged to us, so we can do whatever we want. Um, is it all quiet around? Is, is this still in the middle of the night? No, it's, it's morning time. It's morning, morning time. time. Okay, yeah. so is it quiet around this ship or is there already activity going on? There is low-level activity. People are moving around. Somebody has started a fire, so there's a thin stream of smoke rising into the air. Smell of bacon, perhaps. Mm. Do I see Monty? As you approach, you see him emerge from a tent. He stands up and stretches. He's an older gentleman, and so he takes his time unfolding from a night's worth of sleep on the ground. Well, Tira will just make her way straight to the door of his shelter. Good morning. Good morning, Monty. Listen, I can see you've just woken up, but I need to get straight to the point. There have been some interesting developments overnight. We need to use this airship to get a family away off this island. Will that be possible? You certainly don't waste any time, do you? I told you we don't have a minute to lose. You go into the city for a day, and now you're smuggling people it's out? <laughs> it's only been a day? This is day two of your yeah. second day of downtime. So we've been Which there Which is why this adventure has lasted a week. very much downtime in the downtime. Yeah, yeah our downtime of world building. We, we completely upended the entire political structure of the town. <laughs> you sure know how to relax. I mean... <laughs> I would have thought it was three days, and this was the I th third day. I think day. this is the third day. The first yeah. day was the day we got there. We went shopping, and then we it got to the five It was an evening You stayed the night in the dubious dinghy. Yeah. The next day was your first day of downtime. You slept in... Mariam's apartment, and now you have left her apartment to mm -hmm. come out to look for so the this airship. Is, this is day three. I told you, there have been some interesting developments. I, I can't go into all of that now. Of course not. The point is, there are some people that we need to get to safety. We've promised to get them to safety. Will it be possible for us to use the airship? It will be the fastest way. Of course. Before he left, Semri said that the airship was at your disposal until he gets back. Oh, well, thank goodness. That's good news. Um, Wait. Who is that? And he looks over as Dimitri Sechmet comes strolling up behind you. Dimitri is currently dressed, not in his, well, he's not in the Dimitri costume. Um, uh, Sechmet at this point is kind of dressed like uh, he's wearing a lot of brown rags. He looks more or less like you would see like any other kind of um, uh, like street urchin looks a little bit smaller hmm. than most of the other people, is not trying to draw a lot of attention to himself. So He's strolls up not behind. Not succeeding. <laughs> but, but standing behind Atira always makes someone else look taller. <laughs> is he the one that you're trying to get off the island? No, but he is involved. Hmm. Monty's eyes narrow at you. Yeah. He's trying to assess you. As a steward, his responsibility is to the safety of the crew and the ship. And he is giving you a, a thorough once-over. Uh, Segment kind of lowers his head and looks as small as possible. Is your head covered? Swaddled, covered? Yes, okay. 100%. I don't... You weren't planning to... 
accompany them on the ship. I think we just need to put them on the ship and go because we need to stay behind to then deal with the rest of it. You don't have to worry about him. He won't be a passenger on this particular journey. We didn't want to assume that we had use of the airship to get this family away. So that is good to know. I appreciate that. That's very good of you. Michael, <laughs> you want to say something? <laughs> What's going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think I'm going to say? Do I smell bacon? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Bash can stay there and eat He's, he's already go. got a fistful of bacon. Yeah. In his yeah. Like, so what are we doing bacon? now? Right. So where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> so Sekhmet is going to point um, at Tira and so that she can hear him. Mm. But he's going to be whispering. Um, as I understand this, if I can point to you and I'm in line of sight, you'll hear me, but you're the only person who will hear me. On yeah, this. I think that's how that worked. Right. Make sure that you know that it will be ready to go and ready to lift off as soon as you show up with the family. We may be in a hurry. Uh, I really do appreciate uh, permission to use the airship, Monty. And she casts Why is it. he pointing at you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> Uh, she does cast a quick glance over her shoulder just to indicate to him that she heard, I will need to go back into town to arrange and bring the family here. While I am gone, it is absolutely imperative that you and the rest of the crew get the ship ready to launch. We will need to leave and cast off as soon as I return. Will that be possible? Of course. Okay, well... Um, let's go. Let's go, I guess. Am I, am I leaving Bash here to supervise, or is there a reason why? I, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna be sitting there looking around. Like, I'm not really bacon. supervising yeah, that's, that's true. You're not really the commanding one. Let's are just you? all go. Let's just go. Okay, get never the, mind. Get the family. Yeah. All right. All seems to be in order, mm -hmm. and so the city gate lies open behind you. Um, Tira will usher the other two uh, several feet away, back away from the encampment towards the gate. Okay, Sekhmet. Well, What's week, next? Well. Last night, I heard that the eel is well on his way back. What? Yes, that's about my reaction to I think he had already told you that, but that's okay. I mean, we knew, we had heard that the eel was coming, but he is like seen gotcha. the ship on its way. And because he met that guy on the street, yeah, remember? The kid. So know, that the he informant. hadn't had a chance to tell us that yet. Right. Uh, the eel is on his way and he is moving quickly. We need to do what we can to make sure we find Papa Nico's family and get them out of town. We need Papa Nico to stay loyal. Uh, if they can put pressure on his family, there's no telling what he's going to do. Uh, most of the people here are ruled by fear. If we can do anything to make sure that Papa Nico feels safe enough uh, so that he can stand on our side, he has to look loyal to them, but he's going to be working for us. Getting his family out is imperative. Well, do you know where they live? Not yet. What? What were you doing last night? I was trying to figure out exactly what was going on with who was controlling the people from out of town. Well, was that really the first priority when you know that we had to get this? You're going to leave. I'm staying. It may not be your problem forever, but it will be mine. Tira rolls her eyes. Well, I just thought we were going to take things in order one at a time, but okay. As you stand here on this slight rise looking over toward the city, you see that the city is a jumble. Stacks of houses, of course, the unique roofs and everything. The city goes up a little bit, the slope of the mountains that lead toward the interior of the island. So it is, you're looking at a lot of places where this family could be. And if Papa Nico is at all uncertain about events and his family's safety, chances are they may not even be at the house where they are supposed to live. And we can't go talk to Papa Nico? We could. Uh, there is one danger, however. If I recall correctly... Dimitri was able to hear last night that Lunk and Meathead, the, the Lunk and the Nikos, are <laughs> out for him because they're concerned about what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. And in your research, you came across something. Oh, the extra family or something. Which thing? <laughs> yeah. Help me out here on the, on, on the thing that you mean to indicate. Uh, in your research, in your papers, that as you were going through them in your hidey hole, you were reminded of a link between the Caligalis family. Sure. And the Uranus family. So maybe we can apply to them. If we can't access Papa Nico at the moment, this Uranus Uranus family might be of more. And that power. name means something. Sure. To Dimitri. Yeah. 
what flashes to mind is the family crest, which is a two-headed eagle. Okay. This does that sound familiar? No. Yes. Yes, no. it does. I remember Why does that sound that? familiar? Because that was the family that I went and spent some time with. They had the two-headed eagle on their crest. Okay. One with the little uh, boy that I went, uh, he, he mistook me for his dad. Remember, like on our first day of world building. <laughs> Where they and had the he, picnic outside in the courtyard. Bash wandered off. I remember, I remember and, that like, stuff. Yeah. And so he described a house where there was a crest over the door. With the, there, there were crests over all the doors. And he mentioned a two-headed bird. And he went in there and he found a book about junk. And, right. I remember that stuff. I remember that yeah. stuff. So I guess the point is... Bash has been there, although he did kind of happen mm, upon mm, it in his sure, wandering. Sure, and sure. you also, as Dimitri, know. And you would know where they are. So yeah. he would have an in because he met them. You have an okay. in because you already know them. So we can sure. go there and try and get get from them the location of the Kelly so, family. Really, your notes only indicated that there is some family affiliation. Okay. It okay. was vague on exactly what. But okay. Yeah, it was vague enough for it to fall on my head. <laughs> 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 okay. Um and scene. Okay. Yeah, I know. All right. Speaking to Papa Nico right now could be incredibly dangerous. Lunk and the Nikos, all of them, are not very happy about our leaning on their boss. They're concerned. Bright, they are not. Loyal, they are. Uh, therefore, I think it's going to be important that we skirt the normal channels. I can ask some people once we get into town uh, exactly. I did find one other element to this, and that... Somehow, through cousins, marriage, brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. uncles, boyfriend, <laughs> that the Orinos family may know a little bit more about uh, the Caligalises, so we may not have to go to Papa Nico directly. Who, who is that? Uh, the Orinos family um, are in a section of the city where you've got many families who live close to each other. Uh, in that section of the city, uh, it's not too far from. Um, it's not too far from where a lot of the um, uh, the the main market is, but. Uh, they work very hard to produce a lot of different kind of foods. And actually from here, mm. you can point out there's a rise and you can see several almost like townhomes on that. They're elevated above the rest of the city on the seaward side. So, so they, they actually have a good view out to the water. So you're, you're a little taller than I am, but right about there, you can kind of see uh, where that section of oh, the city is. I th- I, I've been there. Well, you, you've been over to that side. Yeah, I, I accidentally went there. Well, uh, let's let's go there right now. Maybe they'll have some information about what we can know about the Caligalises. You're immediately engulfed by the city. And after a couple days here, it feels actually kind of comfortable to yeah. be surrounded by the buildings again. Tyr is as making their way through these winding roads. It's, it's starting to feel more like it makes sense to her. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I remember how this occurs because of that. And it's even a little reminiscent of the winding paths in the delve. There's that. And also, you're a walker who looks down. Mm-hmm. And so the cobbles, you're actually seeing patterns in the stones that have helped you to keep track. People look at street signs. You actually look at the stones. Stones, yeah. And so that has helped you. In fact, you've noticed from place to place where it seems like they ran out of one kind of stone and moved to another. That has helped to fix the city somewhat in your mind. I don't really remember how to get there. Use your nose and follow me. I know the, <laughs> I know the back ways. Okay. As soon as we get closer, you'll be able to smell the lamb. Okay. After another 20 to 30 minutes of winding through the streets, Dimitri, you're able to skirt through a couple of alleys and make some shortcuts. And then, Wamberbash, you suddenly see your alley that you squeeze through to go into. This is it. This, th- this is it. Sekhmet is going to step aside from the main path, Mm -hmm. and he's going to uh, take the inside of his cloak and turn that around. Now, the outside looks like normal, like drab cloths and things like that. On the inside is the Dimitri costume, and he's going to stand up a little bit taller. He's going to affix a hat that sticks in the, that that he can stuff in the back of his shirt. He's going to put his little hat on, and he's going to look like the Dimitri that you had seen previously. That is so weird. Did you do any spell casting there? Yes. Now, um, he does not know that that's what that is, mm-hmm. but it is a just spell. Kind of does it, yeah. Right. He, he's been doing it so long, it feels like, it's, it feels like it's, it's no big deal, but it requires some, some doing. Like I said, he, he flexes a little bit, but he also does realize that he, does, he is taller and looks yeah. a little bit different. Your stones glitter briefly. What's that? And then you stroll into the courtyard. Do you remember anything from him here when you were here last oh, time? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is it. As a matter of fact, I went over there to, to that house. To that house, and and 
So is there the sign above the door? Yep. Uh, well, then you already know the RS family. Okay. Well, hopefully you made a good impression because we had to ask them some fun questions. <laughs> good impression-ish. <laughs> yeah. Initially uh, and then later. I, I, Didn't I, they tell you to kick rocks? <laughs> yeah, get, to, you should get out of here. <laughs> it's because of what happened. Yeah, yeah. It's because I inadvertently took their child. You abducted took a the child? child and then brought him back. Uh, you abducted a child? No, no I, it was an accident. I... You accidentally I brought him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unharmed. <laughs> really gone for a second. Come on. Well, let's go see what we can find out. It is early, but hopefully they will be ready to talk to us. As you approach the door, a woman comes out. She's bearing a jar on her shoulder, a pitcher, and it's, well, actually, if you can get the one on the mantle. Oh, yeah. Here, look at this, Steppers. I'll hold up the microphone so you can see well, it. <laughs> We'll take a picture of this, but it's very similar to this. It's decorated with a stylized art style. Stylized art uh, A very, it's, it's a stylized jar with depictions of various animals. Mm-hmm. It's also probably like, what, five times bigger than that? It's At much larger. Okay, times okay. the size. <laughs> what is this, a jar for ants? <laughs> <laughs> it's empty, obviously, from the way she's handling it, but as she steps out... She stops for a moment in surprise at having visitors on her doorstep so early in the morning. She looks at you, Dimitri, doesn't seem to register anything. Okay. But Womberbash, as she looks at you, her eyes widen and she expresses surprise in her face. Hi. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I'm here for your other kid. <laughs> Hel- hello? Uh, all I do is sheepishly look over at Dimitri. Lady Uranus, it is wonderful to see you again. I'm certainly glad that we're able to uh, see you so early in the morning. I know it's early. Uh, I, I am I, not Lady Uranus. Well, can you point us to Lady Uranus so that we can have a brief conversation this morning, and we'll be happy to be out of your way. One moment. She steps back inside. You hear her speaking with someone, and after another minute or two, a lady comes down. She's dressed in very fine silks. It's apparent she has been up for a bit with organizing the household for the day. She steps out. She's holding a tablet and a stylus. Okay. Lady Ornos, um, my name is Dimitri Langenby. It's wonderful to see you this morning. Uh, sorry for the early introduction. Uh, we are in a little bit of a hurry. It has been our distinct pleasure to work along uh, with Papa Nico recently um, on some very difficult issues. And one of the difficult issues is going to uh, involve some of his family. He cares so much for them. He is working hard to ensure their safety. Uh, if you would be so kind as to let us know where the where we might be able to find them. Shh, come inside. Come, come. Her face tightened at the first mention of Papa Nico. And as you continue, it softened a little bit, but she urges you inside. Quickly! <laughs> <laughs> I say we go inside. Yeah. Okay, well. I will take you to my father. And with that, she turns and she, uh, she's wearing thin sandals and they slap uh, slightly on the floors, the carpeted floors in, in this house. She leads you through familiar rooms, Womberbash, uh, because you had gone into their library. She leads you upstairs and knocks gently at a door. There's a, a voice that speaks and the door swings open and she gestures inside. There's the old man sitting in there. Hey, my boy, you <laughs> saved my life. <laughs> he turns and looks at you, and he looks very stunned to see you in his presence. What are you doing here? He's with me this time. Um, Who I, are you? <laughs> yeah, no, Thank I, you. I don't uh, care. <laughs> my, name, my name is Dimitri, and uh, I recently have been able to uh, work to assist uh, 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 someone who needs some help, Papa Nico. Um, Papa Nico cares a great deal about his family, and it seems like they might be in danger in the, in the, in the uh, near future. We're doing everything we can to try to help him and make sure that his family is safe as possible. I'm sure you know that Papa Nico deals with important people who sometimes are not very kind. Um, but taking care of his family is his highest priority, and we are here on his behalf. His mouth twitches as though he's trying to fight back a smile. Caligalis needs help. Oh boy. Hmm. What involvement do you have? Only that. No, no, not you. 
you. And he points to Wombert Bass. Uh, You're I, we, we, I think we're supposed to take his family to a safe place. He said as much, yes. Uh, but why, why are you part of this? How do you know families? Tira? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> the face Michael was giving me, he was like... <laughs> yeah, looking at you the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So what, is, what was his question? How do you know families? Yeah. Okay. What's your involvement in all this? I yeah. guess. Ultimately, yeah. Uh, Tira taking the cue from Bash. Sir, we are from out of town, quite clearly. But we came here with a Simmeries mm. on... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, drop that name here real quick on a related assignment, which will affect the security of this entire area. It is our aim to aid oppressed peoples and ensure freedom and stability wherever we can. Look at you growing as a liar. I'm just so proud of you right now. No, I mean, we are. I'm just <laughs> no, trying to... All these things are technically I know that true. The, yes. Yeah, I, I know that the, like, the pillar quest is not going to mean anything to him, so I'm trying to reframe our pillar quest in things that sound like we're, you know, trying to affect your economy here. And so at the request, we, we've made Papa Nico's acquaintance as part of this mission and are very happy to be able to assist in this way, we have the means of carrying his family to safety and only need to know where we may find them. The Karopolis family held an iron grip on this city for entirely too long. They had power from out of town. They were hurting so many of the locals, um, helping Papa Nico be able to step into that void that was left by the Karopolis family so that he can be just and kind and also have the support of some people from out of town. Uh, to make sure that, well, uh, the, the best things for the island happen. He's been sitting, listening to this, leaned back in his dressing chair the whole time with a, with a growing smile on his face. Caligalis needs my help. You do not need to persuade me too much. He married my daughter. Well, <laughs> Tira's like, uh, yeah, of course, we knew that, for sure. Papa Nico cares so much uh, about his family. Obviously, he wasn't going to go into too much detail uh, about who his family was. He's not trying to speak out of turn uh, because this was a quiet operation. We were trying to do what we could to make it so that we didn't cause any great waves and, and get them out secretly. Obviously, your daughter um, and, uh, and, and her beloved people, uh, we're going to do what we can to make sure that they are safe in case anything happens to Papa Nico. Certainly changing things, changing culture, changing the political structure to ensure safety is sometimes dangerous, and he cares so much about his beloved people. I tell you what, I give you something to give to her, to show you come with my blessing. May I see the ring I gave you? He does something very clever with the ring, and a little compartment pops open. I cannot write like I used to. Would one of you please write for me? Dimitri, like, puts his hands forward to take anything he has from him. There's parchment on the desk and okay. a quill. Sure. It will need to be small. The time has come. Make haste and go with him. And you cram that into the smallest place possible on the parchment. Rip it, fold it, and it folds neatly and fits into the cavity in the ring. And with a little click, he slides it shut, and he says, I think you have what you need. Except the location? That's coming next. <laughs> okay, I'm like, uh... Always the practical one. <laughs> I know, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a nice little note there. Like, where lovely. are we going? Where are they? Yeah. <laughs> I recommend, after you gather Nicole and her daughters... Her daughters, Nikki, Nikki, and Nick. That you take her to my winter estate on Barayan. Barayan? But Barayan's north. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He likes winter to be extra wintry. Um, uh, no, Barayan well, to the north is warmer. Hinatian yeah. to the south is actually reaching down into the Arctic. Oh, to the polar region. Yeah, because we're, we're below gotcha, the Antarctic. Gotcha, gotcha. 
He gives you directions to the house where he has quietly put them. They had known that there was trouble brewing, and so he has stashed them in a separate household here on the island, not far away from where you are now. And so with that, with the directions, you step out the door into the bright morning. Uh, There's dew still on the grass, and you make your way up the pathway. It's a, a pea gravel path that leads up the ridge. Uh, You're in the shadow of the houses here, but then you come out to terraces where there are vineyards and other little groves going up the mountainside, and you come at last to the doorway to the house. Well, on the way out of the house, um, question. Yep. When we were in the household, did we see any paintings of the Uranus family? Did we see anything that would give me an indication of the old man's name? Oh, um... You know from your city knowledge that his name is Demates, like Demotes. Mm-hmm. Demates Uranas. Mm. Okay. Um, was there anything else about the family that we saw uh, coming up and in or out of, the, out of there that would have been important to take note of? No. Okay. So nothing. He didn't see anything else. It yeah, was, the servant okay. had already left okay. before you came back downstairs. Okay. Nothing of note. Okay. Okay, so the winter estate is on Borion to the north. So now we know where we're going. Yeah, we know. actually we're already there. we're actually there. We've already. Well, I meant where we're taking them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, did he also? So la- last question: mm-hmm. when We're talking about the Nicole. Did he mention anything beyond Nicole? Did he talk about kids or anything like that? Daughters, daughters, okay, yeah. and daughters. Okay. I hope it's two daughters and not fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Because that'll be easier for them to get through the city and yeah, out to the airship. Right. Well, so, well, but he just said daughters. He didn't say how many. Correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. You approach the doorway of the safe house. Time to pull out one of your knocks. I would, yeah, I would like, what, what is the order that you're approaching the house? Well, I think I'll go first because I have the ring, right? Okay. So I'm just going to knock and just like hand the ring. I, just a bash way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a flat-roofed two-story home. Again, it's up above the city a little bit. Uh, This house is unusual in that it doesn't have a hole-shaped roof to it. It's like this because um, the breezes coming in in the evening are splendid. And so it's a place to cool down. It's that ugly new construction. They're just throwing away (laughs) tradition. It hasn't been topped off yet. (laughs) You approach the door, and I would like for you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Oh, grief. (laughs) For a knock. Okay. There's probably a well, trap. You get There's there. a trap, Doofy. 19 plus. A pot crashes down right next to you. You see the shadow approaching. approaching just in time. You step aside and it splashes against the ground and fragments of the pottery go everywhere. It's a good thing, too. It was pretty hefty. Was there anything in it? There was soil. Okay. As you look up, you see a woman with a very stern face looking down at you. Her dark curled hair is... <laughs> falling down over her face, and she berates you in the You You have no idea what she's saying. She looks livid. (laughs) And she is screaming and pointing down at you. Have I seen her before? Has she seen me? No. You've never seen this woman before. Okay. So imitating uh, dad's accent, Uh um, Dimitri is going to uh, uh, say back in Kasarin, First of all, he's going to say that he's thankful for her watchfulness. But second of all, that we're here to help and do what we can. Okay. When you say you're speaking with his accent, are you doing anything special to do that? Or are you just relying on your memory? Just, re- yeah. Okay. Dimitri right. imitates people. Bash takes the ring off his finger and, uh, and just holds it up and, and basically shows her the ring. She dips back from the low wall upstairs and you hear a murmured conversation. Well, this is not going very well already. She's being careful. She knows that she's in trouble. Dad told her he hit her in the safe house. I know. There is some clattering at the door next to where you're standing. The door swings open just a crack. And you see the same woman's face peering through the gap in the door. And I just push the ring a little closer, closer so she can see it better. She reaches out and she snatches it from you. And I was going to say, in. don't do that. She just grabs to take the ring and shut the door. Bash draws back a bloody nub. <laughs> she does shut the door. You hear a bar slide into place. And then a moment later, the door opens again. It opens wide this time, and you see a woman and three teenage girls standing with her. Who are you, and why are you here? Uh, I'm, I'm Wamberbash. I'm, 
Excuse me, I'm, madam. It's lovely to see you this morning. Uh, this is our friend. Uh, he had he had met your father previously. Your father trusted him with the message that he was going to provide to you. Um, we understand that the situation around... Get in this house right now. Okay, well, let's go inside. Get in. Okay. Get in. Okay. <laughs> I didn't actually say The door that. shuts. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> the door shuts. You find yourself in a comfortably furnished room. For being a, what amounts to like a, a study retreat kind of place, the walls are clad in marble. There are pillars. There are hangings on the walls. It feels cool in here. It wasn't hot outside, but it was warm. It feels maybe five degrees cooler inside. There's a little fountain tinkling. There's a table, a low table with cushions around it and various fruits and uh, food, other kinds of food laid out on it. Bash just kind of shrunks his shoulder and just like points to the the fruit. She slapped your hand. (laughs) 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 Come with me. And she marches out of this room and into the adjoining room downstairs. It is a. So we get, we're taking a step down from the from the hill then. No, you're still in the house. But you, yeah, but I know, but, 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 but you see yeah, downstairs. You are you are downstairs. Oh, we are on the downstairs. Mm-hmm. Level. Okay, okay, so we're not going downstairs. Okay, yeah, you are on the lower level of this building. This one is a room that looks out into a small garden. The windows are open, and so the morning sunlight comes streaming through the window into this otherwise shadowy room. And it, again, feels very cool in here. This appears to be something of a study. She closes the shutters and sits down in a chair and imperiously looks at you. Oh my goodness, imperiously was literally the word I was thinking in my head. Is that, that's different from impishly, isn't it? It no, is, no, quite. No, it's too bad. Why are you here? We're here, we're here to take you to a place that's safe. There's, uh, there, there's some bad people that are coming. And so uh, I think your husband... Uh, wants us to, to take you to um, someplace safer. My husband. Yes, po- Poppy something. <laughs> Poppy Smurf? He insists by going by that ridiculous oh. name. Girls do not marry a man who takes on silly names. And they all bow their heads sheepishly. <laughs> oh boy. Tira's like, this is my kind of girl. All right, here we go. His name's like Melvin or something. <laughs> you and I are going to be buddies. You have my kind of personality. Anyway, sorry. She sees you shifting. Yeah. (laughs) And she fixes you with a stare. (laughs) You expect me to talk. Okay. No, not necessarily. Mm. Lady Caligalis, we, uh, our our friend here, our our good and simple friend, did say the truth. Uh, It is important that we remove you from a situation that could be more dangerous. I'm sure that your father spoke about brewing trouble. It's getting worse. And Nico has asked us to remove you as, uh, as safely as we can from the situation so that he can handle things. That simple-headed man. We've already uprooted twice. What does he expect me to do? Every week, a new place? If this, goes, this is stupid. If this goes well, it won't have to happen anymore. He cannot keep his idiotic schemes to himself. In this case, he's actually looking out for the people of the island. In this case, he's trying to maintain peace. The Karopoulos family, they were terrible. He wants to be a different kind of leader. Your husband's working hard. Working hard to be a good man. (laughs) You give him much credit. I thank you. He must have fooled you. Well, I can see the wisdom of your words. I do not like what I am hearing. Come back in three days. We will be ready. I'm sorry, ma'am. We cannot wait three days. Who are you? I'm Tira Ironstag. Who are you? I believe you already know who La- I am. Lady Nicole Caligalis Uranos. Lady, 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 Lady Caligalis, uh, while our friend here, uh, she cares a lot about your safety. That's why we're here. Um, the, the situation has gotten uh, very volatile, and getting you out of town in a hurry was going to become important. Uh, obviously, you've got the two daughters um, three. Uh, three daughters, thank you. Uh, obviously, you had the girls. The, the to look youngest up. one looks the best. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm always or, being overlooked. Or the middle one. <laughs> the middle one. <laughs> she had kind of disappeared. Into, yeah. um, you and your three daughters, I know you're looking out for them. And I understand that uprooting your whole family, again, is uh, a great inconvenience. But for their safety. Fine, then you will help us prepare. We can help pack suitcases or whatever you need to as long yes, as we yes, get to yes. off the island. Girls upstairs, 
and they disappear out of the room very quickly. You, she points to you, Amberbash, you start here. Pack, pack, pack. <laughs> he grabs a candlestick. <laughs> and he, he grabs a pot. <laughs> the things that they're going to need when they're off the island, the things they're going to need, uh, a candlestick is great. Think about what you would, no, maybe not. Think about what Tara would <laughs> pack for herself if she was going to go somewhere else. Do they have an axe? <laughs> <laughs> I will leave you here. You, Tira Iron Stag, come with me. And she goes back out to the front room. Right. Tira marches right after her. And you, talkie talkie, upstairs. They will tell you what you must do. Uh, that's, uh, well, okay. Let's go pack. Just go, Dimitri. <laughs> so I'm on this, like, porch place yeah, thing, you're, right? You're in, you're in the, the study den. room. Yeah. yeah, the study room that is off of the Okay, the so room. I'm looking around in here. What do they need <laughs> off-site from this place? Yeah, there are writing utensils, books, uh, parchments, that kind of thing that have notes on them. I think There's wall hangings. There's basically what you would expect to be in a study in this room. I think it's funny that they have, like, the hermit <laughs> pack a bunch of ladies' needs. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. in the study. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, Here's a book on animals. You might want that. Bash dirt. grabs some just random things. Okay. and puts Wonderful. them in this bag. In this bag. In the next room, you hear her. You hear Lady Caligales speaking to Tira. Okay. Everything in this room will go. Everything. Everything. I look around. What do I? What kind of things am I seeing? What you would expect to see in a parlor. Uh, so that, again, there's a low table. There's, there's food piano. spread out on it. <laughs> <laughs> the grand boom. A, a zither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are pieces of art. There's sculptures. There's, I mean, there is stuff that definitely yeah, does not yeah, need yeah. to go in. Okay. Lady Caligalis, I can understand the desire to keep your treasured things with you, but this is an emergency removal. Tira can see her swelling up to to mm-hmm. start getting more demands. And before you say anything else, I do understand having to flee your home. I've done it many times over the last six months. My home was destroyed, and I could bring almost nothing, and that hurt me. So I understand, but what I need you to do is pick your three most prized possessions, and I will bring them. I will personally ensure their safe removal. Uh, can you give me a persuasion? Under check? five pounds, because she could pick the grand piano. And I now. know, right? <laughs> and Tira would be like, okay. <laughs> so on her shoulder. Yeah. yeah. What else? <laughs> okay. We're uh, 15. That's not bad. That's not bad. Let me oppose that. Blast. She's not inclined. She's disinclined to acquiesce to your request. Oh, my word. I just watched that. What did you roll? I rolled an 11. Okay. Yes. And then she gets a plus six. Just kidding. What? Of course. (laughs) See, I'm trying to remember, my luck could make you Mm re-roll. She stands there with her arms folded, and she obviously wants to light into you. And the color in her face rises, but after a moment of tapping her foot, she harumphs, and she says, that, that, and that. And she points to three various pieces around the room. You can tell me what they are if you care to. I kind of feel like her initial bluster is just that she's trying to maintain that commanding presence, but that she doesn't necessarily actually care about anything in this room. And so when she points to things, you know, Tira tells her, pick your three favorite things. I assume can see Tira is going to be as stubborn and commanding as she is. So she's just going to randomly pick three things because she realizes I didn't actually want any of this stuff. I was just, I just wanted to make her do what I wanted. I just wanted to boss her around. You can tell me if that's not what she's like. And that one too. I take four things. And she looks defiant. Tira looks at the fourth thing. And it's, you know, again, something kind of small and insignificant. Mm-hmm. And we'll look back at her with a slight twinkle. Deal. I'm sorry. I, I spilled your ink on your rug in here. You idiot. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> sorry. Oh, well, it was his rug anyway. <laughs> His dad or... Upstairs. Girls, just imagine you're going on vacation. You can't take everything. You can take a few things. But what you're going to do is you're going to find some neat things when you get there. And, you know, you could take things with you. But honestly, why take sand to a beach? Think about being able to buy something when you're there. Spend dad's money. Take a few things. 
and maybe just fill up a brand new bag. When you come back, you'll have more clothes. Let's move it, move it, move it, ladies. The oldest one puts her hand on your arm and she smiles at you and says, I apologize for my mother. We are already ready. That's fantastic. I like you already. They, I'm not going to say favorites, but I like you already. They pull out little bags, little leather bags that have various things in them. We will stay up here and let her have her fun downstairs, though. She likes to feel like she's in charge of stuff. I, I'm Obviously, you guys are, are, are chips off the old block. You, you make your grandpa proud. Oh, thank you. Have you ever read this book? And she pulls out a random book and shows it to you. And you just sit down on the bed and you start talking and you're pointing out funny things. And, she, and they just gather around you and giggle about the various jokes that you're making. So upstairs, actually, Tira, you can hear suppressed laughter. Mm-hmm. And while we're bash, you're in there. I'm standing scrubbing in the door. At, scrubbing at the ink spot on the floor <laughs> yeah, and just spreading. I, I, I would say I'm standing there holding a bag that's kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see like part of a cabalabra <laughs> is sticking out or whatever. And I'm just looking down at the ink stain on yeah. the carpet. Yeah, it's seeping into the, the fabric of the carpet. <laughs> Disappearing rapidly. It's staining the, the marble underneath. <laughs> After about 10 minutes... You, each of you have your jobs complete, and you gather back in the downstairs room. The girls come trundling down the stairs after you, Dimitri. Lady Caligalis, Nicole, says, Well, look at the state of you, you three. Nicolette, Nikki, Elena. <sighs> you shame our family to go outside like this, but we must go. Let's go. My gosh, this lady. And so she steps out first, head high. Her hair, she has taken a moment to tuck her hair back where it belongs. It glistens. Uh, maybe she applied some olive oil to it. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> no, she put the mayonnaise on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and steps outside, takes a breath of the morning air, and then strides imperiously, still, out to the path and down the hill, not even waiting for the rest of you. Toward her, toward her family's place. In the direction she needs to go. Yeah, okay. Toward, okay. No, yeah, toward, say, towards the Uranus family. You know where you're going, lady. Well, no, all the, I mean, it's where all the ships are, though. I, I mean, yes. aren't the airships next to the I don't ships know that there? you mentioned airship. I don't uh-huh. think you mentioned... Well, she didn't give us a chance to mention much of anything. Yeah, so she is heading down towards the direction of the harbor. Are the airships at the harbor? They're west of the city. Yeah, the, we're the not... The harbor is south. It's at the yeah, south. Yeah, it's not docked... In the oh, okay. like in the water, it's up in the air. Uh, right, right. So, uh, so excuse in. me, uh, my lady. Terrible. Dimitri is going to like sidle up. We are taking a different route. Uh, I understand that you are uh, uh, projecting an image. We're going to go to the uh, to the south. It's to where the, the airships, to the west, 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 where the airships are. You get to ride on an airship. Yeah, sheep. Mm. Her eyes narrow and they sparkle. How many of your sisters get to say they were on an airship? That's what I'm saying. I see. This will be new. You lead the way. Um, you mean that over there? And she points. And oh, you mean that big ship in the air? <laughs> I wondered about that. I thought it was a new building going up. Well, if you're interested in new buildings going up, maybe when you come back, you can start helping Nico plan what kind of buildings you want to have in this city. Because hopefully by the time you return... Uh, he won't have to be under anyone's boot anymore. Fine. Let's go. And she follows along behind you, Dimitri. You take the lead and you head out through the city and we're going to pause there. Griefless girl. We drift upward and southward toward the harbor with increasing speed and then we find ourselves skimming over the surface of the bay following a narrow neck of land toward open waters. We stay low to the water, feeling the tingle of occasional spray as rolling water moves below us. We fly on for some time when we begin to slow. Up ahead is a humble boat. A crew of three shirtless men run here and there on the crowded deck. Under the southern sun, the sweat beads and streams thickly on their dark skin as they strain at the ropes of their nets. They sing a simple song as they work to pull in the catch, Perhaps the combination of concentrating on keeping the time of the tune and the weight of the bulging net is what distracts them from the approaching ship. A dark hull slides through the water, unvarying in its course. Surely there are watchful eyes on board, but the bellying sails propel it forward swiftly, silently. By the time the fishermen see the looming danger, it is much too late. 
There is a rending crash, and the stout line of the larger ship's keel slices through the fishing boat without slowing. Planking shatters, flinging outward as the fishermen scream and dive to either side in a spray of splinters. Not a single head peers down at the wreckage as the dark form glides on, rounding the headland. The cursing fishers grab at flotsam to steady themselves in the water, and they wave angry, desperate hands at the retreating ship. On the black wood of the stern, they make out the white lettering that gives the ship's name, the Moray. The eel has returned, and the men give up their anger with blanched faces. The Moray sails resolutely on, bearing right past the strait that leads to the city of Karavi, and heads on to the north. That's where we're going to end this episode, and let's talk experience points. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you one final experience point for the city of Karavi. I don't think you've maxed out 10, but uh, given the way things are going, I think that is appropriate. Um, the city's big, but not huge. And so I think that's the most that we'll get for exploring Karavi. Well, she, she kind of knows where things are at this point. She kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah mean, she's, point, she's got she, the feel for it. Yeah, she knows where, the, she knows where, where it'd be cobbling. I want to give you each three experience points for your role-playing throughout this episode. Ooh. And let's go for the Norse battle. Hmm. I think Jeremy should get something for his role playing. <laughs> Beyond the three he just got? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, what I'm saying is, is uh, I mean, he is really the glue to this whole thing because I am, obviously, I can't really explain what's really going on here because I'm not sure who's people, who people are yeah. or the exact thing. Um, <laughs> so if it wasn't for that. Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride and spill things when needed, but. I mean, like, I would like to say that he playing within the limitations of your character is not easy to do. So Michael might know a whole lot of things that Bash cannot know. Yeah. Michael may know all of the moving parts. Bash can't even remember people's names. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah like Poppy something. Poppy something. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah, and I really like Meredith playing the, uh, the spine uh, mm. that, that was necessary to... She was surprisingly controlled. Where, where she could have been rolling for, like, initiative. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, or gone into a rage. So right. I realized when I started off with I'm Tara Einstag, who are you? I didn't get a chance to continue with that. I wasn't trying to be like, you know, because I know she, that's why later when, the, I was glad you led the two of us out alone so that she and I could just talk because I wanted to make it clear, I'm just trying to be firm. Yeah. But that I understand, like, listen, this is for your safety. We need to get out. So I wasn't, I'm afraid, I'm trying to stave off listeners going, Tara's being so belligerent. I wasn't trying, I didn't mean to be belligerent. I just didn't get to. I didn't I just, get that impression at all. I just didn't get to follow that up immediately. Hopefully the rest of our conversation about, you know, my homeless story too. And I understand, pick your three favorite things. Yeah. I was just trying, I could see she was not going to, she was not responding well to Dimitri's rapid fire. And Wumper Bash didn't even know what to say. So I was trying to just match her firmness for firmness. Yep, and I got that completely. So okay, I'm cool. going to give you an extra two Yay! experience points each. Yay! All of you. Uh, Thump was a non-entity in this. Yeah, did he even come with us? He came with you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention. He's literally never mentioned. He's going through the city. Uh, yeah. So it's, he, he was just in the background he the whole time. He was just there. Yeah, lending his sense. We forgot about him, poor guy. We should have a... An adaptation. You know, of I should have said sense and sensibility. Oh boy, I should have said Thump. You stay here to get this ship ready, but I literally forgot about Thump. We can say that he stayed there. Yeah, that makes more sense because if he had been with us, you know, the people like Caligallus yeah. would have been yeah, like, "Who is he?" That's very true. So yeah, we're yeah, going to retcon good. this whole episode yep. and say Thump stayed at the shipyard, and he's going to get ten experience points for helping get the ship. That's ready. right. <laughs> and, and on our return, you say, and you see Thump where you had forgotten him. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, right where we left you, right? <laughs> There's a flat, dusty smell. In there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, any other nominations for points? I think we covered the things that I think were the, the okay. One. Great. Yeah. Well, then let's get that recap. Okay. Tira is 34 points into level 14. Wamberbash is 43 points into level 14. Sechmet is 63 points into level 12. And I'm going to give Thump three for helping to get the ship ready. He's been mm -hmm. crucial in that, so he's going to get three for a total of 59 into level 15. Okay. 
This is the least fightness campaign I think I've ever. Been I know. A part Sorry. Of. This, no, 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 no. That been, wasn't a complaint. This has been unusual. Uh, I, that was not a complaint. Yeah. That was just a statement. That mm. was a. There's been a lot of other kinds of play going yeah. on here, mm-hmm. as opposed. That's actually we started, quite common in this. Podcast, yeah, we actually. started with a fight. Obviously, we had that big fight in the sure. street. But then, yeah, our our fights tend to. It tends to be more like a forty, sixty, or thirty, seventy <laughs> fight to development. I hope that's not off-putting, but uh, yeah, it's just different. No, I, I, I didn't mean it as off-putting. It was just, it was of note. I mean, a lot of campaigns, I think, devolve into, or or certain campaigns Slaughter invite fights. a lot of, you know, everything is a fight or flight situation. Yeah. Everything's a battle. I think it's good to have balance. Stackers, we want to thank you for joining us as we continue our story, and we hope that you've enjoyed the developments in this episode. It's been different but we've appreciated how the story is unfolding and I feel like it's happening organically, which is nice. I like to see the relationships that are forming here and the story as it's working its way. Can I give one not more nomination yeah. to the okay. DM for not having one of the sailors scream, that's a moray? <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be Italian. This is, this is Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all Mediterranean, right? Yeah. We hope you'll join us again right here next time at Stack of Dice. Okay, now enrage him. I'd like to start us off this time <clears throat> with a clear throat. <laughs> I'm going to say with a, with a massive throat <clears throat> clearing. It will need to be small. And he relates a brief message. <clears throat> this is <clears throat> idiotic. <laughs> Okay. That is a strange message to give to your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> this is idiotic. I told you marrying that boy would lead to no good. Get out of here. <laughs> Lady Caligalis, I understand the... the. <laughs> I do not understand you. <laughs>